Welcome back to White Hot Glory, the podcast where you can come to learn how to be white hot for God's glory in these cold, dark end days. Today we'll be talking about selfishness and how it seems to be one way, but it actually affects so many other aspects, not only in your personal life, but it branches out to other people's lives and When we are focused on self, we cannot be focused on God and his plan for us. So today we'll be in John chapter 18 and we'll be bouncing around in Romans a little bit, in Ephesians a little bit, but um, you won't have to open your Bibles to those spots. So join me again. We're going to get into the probably the least favorite topic of a lot of people because we are all selfish by nature. We want what we want and putting down our plans and following what the word of God says is very difficult, but it is possible because we have Christ Jesus's victory. So come on back and we will get down to it. Thanks for coming back and joining me as we tackle the topic of selfishness. Now, you've heard me say in pretty much every episode that I've done so far that we are in the end days. Now, I see a lot of Christians not wanting to believe that. And it reminds me of chapter 18 in the book of John, where Jesus is standing in front of all of these religious leaders and people of very high importance, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, who all know the word of God backwards and forwards, probably better than anybody, these religious priests and leaders, they have the son of God standing before them, the fulfiller of all scriptures yet they couldn't see him for who he was, for the truth that he was. And you and I have the whole Bible to look at. And so it's easy for us to look back and say, how did these people not see Jesus? He was standing right there in front of him, them. He had fulfilled all the prophecies. He was the son of God. He came to deliver a nation. Well, the Pharisees and the religious leaders of that time had built up Jesus, the Messiah, to be this high-ranking man because that's who they were. They didn't expect him to be a humble person. But also, and I think this is one of the most important points of what we're going to talk about today, is these people were focused on themselves. If Jesus was who he said he was, then that would mean to them that their interpretations of the scriptures and their positions of power and prestige would be threatened. 
and these Pharisees and these political leaders and religious leaders were so focused on not losing everything that they had built up and their selfish desire for their power and prestige and and hold over a group of people they didn't want to lose that if they had truly been focused on having a relationship with God at that point in time a personal two-way communicative relationship instead of this is how we need to dress and this is the law we must uphold and thinking that's all there was to it and attending temple if they had had a relationship versus the pretense of the outer appearance and self-righteousness for upholding the law and being clean they would have seen that Jesus was the son of God When I was focused on myself, I was depressed because God didn't make us to focus on ourselves. He made us to focus on him and to point others to him. So let's go to John 18. (laughs) Okay, we'll go to 18. 15. Now Jesus had been arrested and he was being taken to be questioned by Annas, A-N-N-A-S. Verse 15. And Simon Peter followed Jesus and so did another disciple. Now that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. Then the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to her who kept the door and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? Peter said, I am not. Now the servants and officers who had made a fire of coals stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. In Jewish law, Jews were not to enter the homes of the Gentiles. And the Gentiles in this case were the people who were going to be questioning Jesus. So a lot of Jewish men could not go into the home according to Jewish law because going into their home would defile themselves. So a lot of people stayed outside in the courtyard and I guess it was cold at this point in time, and Peter went to go warm himself by the fire. Now, this is a good picture of a Christian's life. It is not fun to be an outcast, but it is so dangerous to go and decide that you're going to go blend in and warm yourself by the enemy's fire. It might feel cold and lonely to skip going to a party 
for a little bit. It might feel cold and lonely to say, sorry, I'm not going to go to a club with you guys. I, I just, I can't do that. It's, it's not what God would want me to do. People are going to look at you and probably make fun of you and persecute you and mock you for saying, sorry, I'm not, I, I can't go do that anymore. That's not my life anymore. But it is so worth it to put away those things from your life And actually, instead of going and doing those things, sitting and reading your Bible and praying, I know it sounds totally square and totally weird, but I haven't gone to a party or a club or anything like that in over three years. And I have this great peace and this joy and this understanding of who I am in Christ. I no longer have a need to dress up and flaunt anything because I know that my identity is in Christ and that when I was doing those things, it's because I was looking for validation from other people. When other people's validation is flawed, That kind of gets off topic. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, so selfishness is the reason that these leaders did not recognize who Jesus was. They were so busy focused on their power and what was going on in their little world at the time that they didn't see the big picture. I'm going to look at my footnote. Um... I have a really good footnote. Let me find it. Okay, here we go. 1822 through 27. We can get easily angry at the council for their injustice in condemning Jesus. But we must remember that Peter and the rest of the disciples also contributed to Jesus's pain by deserting and denying him. While most of us are not like the religious leaders, we are all like the disciples. For all of us have been guilty of denying that Christ is Lord in vital areas of our lives or of keeping secret our identity as believers in times of pressure. Don't excuse yourself by pointing at others whose sin seems worse than yours. Instead, come to Jesus for forgiveness and healing. It is time more than ever to be bold and take a stand for Jesus and tell other people what he has done for you because there is power in your testimony. Jesus frees from every concern of this world. I used to think because I had been diagnosed by professional psychologists that I was doomed to be depressed, anxious, and bipolar for my entire life. However, once I got into the Word of God, dedicated my life to Jesus, and have sought Him every single day since, I have not had one single panic attack. I have not had one bout of depression to where it affected any point of my life 
I don't have those up-down mood swings anymore because I am no longer ruled by my emotions because I have the Word of God and His promises in my heart, in my mind, in, in the depths of my very being because I'm in my Word and in prayer all of the time. If you go to other countries... They will, especially like the third world countries, they will acknowledge that that what we call mental illness is actually demonic oppression and even possession at times. If you come to America and you start talking about demonic oppression or possession, nobody wants to hear that. However, spiritual warfare is more real than anything that we can see here. That's biblical. That is not my truth. That is the truth. That is biblical. Ephesians 6, for we do not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Satan is behind the scenes of of all things here on earth. He wants us focused on ourselves so that we get depressed. He doesn't want us focused on the Lord. He wants us to be bound in anxiety so that we depend on pills instead of looking to the Lord. I can say that because I am on the other side of it. Do not be confined and pigeonholed by a diagnosis. You are more than that. God has given you victory if you seek him. Depression is focus on self when you should be focused on Jesus. If you are focused on Jesus and you believe what his word says, and you love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, which is the greatest command, you might have a a day where you're kind of worried about something, but then you fall back on his promises. Something might happen. You might lose a family member or something else, and you can be sad for a, a few moments or even a couple of days, but you go back to Jesus. And he pulls you out of those things. As long as you are focused on on the Lord, you are not focused on yourself or the things of this world. And that is where you find freedom. Selfishness. Focus on self equals depression. Focus on the Lord and find freedom. It is apparent to me that we are in the end times because I'm focused on what the Word of God says and I'm in communion with Him all day. I have cleared things out of my life that do not bring Him glory and honor. It's much easier to see the big picture 
when you're not focused on the things of this world. Any little thing in your life, whether it's secular music or focus on paying attention to what the tabloids say or gossiping or even your kids can get in the way, those things are like clouds. And the more you focus on anything other than the sun, the you put these clouds in your way and you can no longer see the sun. And that's dangerous. So get rid of anything that clouds your view of God. And then suddenly the sky turns blue and it opens up and you can feel the warmth of the sun shining down on you. What is the Holy Spirit putting on your heart right this very minute to give up that is clouding your view? Of Jesus Christ I challenge you to get rid of it and anytime that you want to do that or go there or think of it open up your Bible and read a Psalms out loud there is so much power in that I cannot even begin to tell you that's something you're gonna have to find out on your own now because the enemy the devil Satan has put so many clouds in our sky, in this world, in the secular world, and the lifestyles that everybody's living today, media, gossip columns, whatever he is doing to keep you busy and keep you unfocused on the Lord. That has blinded people to the fact that Jesus is coming very, very soon. I am 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
in this generation, the pastors who have had the dreams that confirm that there's going to be a lot of persecution coming, things that are making people afraid, Christians afraid. I'm just going to be very truthful and blunt because I want you to hear the truth. If you are a Christian and you are afraid of what these pastors are saying about the mark of the beast being upon us and about the rapture coming and things getting really tough in the coming months and years, if you're afraid, it's because you're not right with God. If you are a real, true church Christian, you should be excited that the days to come are going to be persecution because Paul says it, it's a blessing to be persecuted just like Christ. And that will sound crazy if you're not in your word. Persecution is coming. Martyrdom is coming. This is the season that will separate the true church from the Sunday Christians, the people that will be caught up in the air with Jesus Christ and the people who will be left behind because they said that they believed, but their hearts were not changed. They were not born again. They are not living for Jesus alone. They are blending in with the world. And what does Jesus say? If you are friends with the world, you are an enemy of God. Get rid of the things of the world. Ask God to help you. He absolutely will. What are you choosing to do instead of going to church? What are you choosing to listen to instead of worship music? What are you choosing to watch on TV instead of something that is going to fill your mind and soul with good things. If you are truly born again, the purging of the world is automatic. The Holy Spirit will help you to purge your life of these things. How does a Christian purge these things? Go to scripture. If you have Ephesians 2, 3 in your heart, if you've memorized it, which is, Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Meaning, before Christ, we made these decisions that did not help us, that did not do anything good for our souls because we didn't know any better. So we just felt like doing something and then did it. But as a Christian, that's, that's the old man, which is what you're supposed to die to daily. One of the most important 
things that you can do as a Christian, as a, a battling soldier for Christ, is to take those thoughts captive. What do I mean by that? Say you're newly clean, you haven't gone to a club in a while, you don't drink anymore, you don't smoke anymore, and you're just kind of sitting around minding your own business when all of a sudden you get this whisper in your ear, this urge to smoke a cigarette and go have a beer. Now, a non-Christian doesn't really have anything to battle that with. But as a Christian, you can recognize that thought as a temptation, which the Bible clearly says is from the enemy. You can also battle that with, I have victory in Christ Jesus. I am a new creation. The old me smoked and drank. The new me does not do those things. 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2 says, But realize this, that in the last days, the end times, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. Judges 17.6 In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. Matthew 23, 25. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. If you pay close attention to the commercials that are on TV right now, they are all about feeding your flesh. They say things that the devil wants to say to you, like, Give in, cave to the cravings, feed your flesh, um, just do it and love yourself. And I mean, if you look at media and marketing, it's basically a message for you to do exactly what the enemy wants you to do and the exact opposite of what the Bible is calling you to do. So pay attention to that. See what the the catchphrase is on these commercials and bring it back to biblical truth. It's it's so funny and entertaining for me now to see what is on TV and how anti-biblical it is and I would not know these things if I did not read my Bible. So please 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 read your Bibles. That's the only way you're going to have a fighting chance in this world. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. If you're wanting to go to a club, the most kick-in-the-teeth thing that you can do when Satan puts that thought in your mind or that invite in your inbox is say no I'm not going to do that and just to solidify the fact that you're not going to do that go volunteer somewhere at like the crack of dawn the next day just to make sure that you have 
accountability, somewhere to go, and that you're going to go and serve instead. Um, one of the ministries that I worked at this a couple years ago, or well, I guess about a year ago, gosh, time's flying, um, they had volunteers that would come and serve in the kitchens at four or five o'clock in the morning. And those people were just the sweetest, most godly people, not only to give their time, but to give their time at that point in time. It's one thing to get up at nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday or Sunday and, and go feed homeless people at a soup kitchen at noon. But really, how self-sacrificing is it to get up and be somewhere serving other people at five o'clock in the morning? I mean, that's like when I get up to do my devotions. That it's, it's a very precious time to get up before the sun comes up and do something for the Lord. There's really nothing more rewarding than that. And I had the pleasure to be interacting with those people often and they were just they radiated the love of Christ and the peace that God gives people like that who live for him and actually do the word and and do what the Bible says and what God calls us to do Galatians five nineteen and 20 says now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions. James three fourteen through 16. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. What's jealousy? It's it's something that you want for yourself, right? So selfishness is like the root of jealousy. Selfishness is not yielding to the will of God and honoring others and we are selfish by nature if we are not prepared as Christians for the coming of Jesus why is that a good foundation and the root of that might be because we're too selfish we're looking at ourselves. We're wanting to do other things instead of reading our Bibles or praying or thanking God or speaking out the name of Jesus because we don't want other people to think weird of us, which is selfishly putting our egos first, our social standing first. Well, Jesus' social standing got him killed. He didn't care what they thought because he knew that he was spreading truth. Jesus was not afraid to speak truth. 
He laid it all on the line for you and me. It's time to put ourselves aside and to look at Jesus Christ. I guarantee you, the moment you lay yourself down and pick up your cross and focus on that cross, your life will never be the same and in the best kind of way. God came to heal the sick. That includes, quote-unquote, mental illness. Now, is some mental illness a real thing because of birth defects or imbalances? Yes, but try Jesus. At one point in time in my life, I thought that I would have to be on medication forever. The only prescription that I need are my scriptures in the Bible. I no longer worry about things that are not under my control. I thank God for trials, like he says to in his word, because I know that they come to teach me something. To grow me, my patience, my witness. I don't want you listeners to think that my life is easy. I'm probably going through one of the hardest things that I've ever had to go through right now because of my sinful past. It is still affecting my life today, unfortunately. But I am able to face this thing with my faith in Jesus Christ. And if this had happened to me a few years ago when I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, I would have probably relapsed and and probably attempted suicide again. But because I have my faith in Jesus, because Jesus has created me anew, Because I look to him and I have his promises and his word to stand on. Drugs and suicide or or depression or anxiety is not even a fleeting thought. And it's because of my faith in Jesus. I'm not looking at this situation and, and stressing about it. Because God is in control of all. And he's using this trial to make me patient and love on my enemies and and guard my tongue and have faith in the Lord and his outcome. The old me, oh my goodness, I would I'd be a mess. But because Jesus does make us new. I can sit here and praise God for this trial and for the good that I know is going to come out of it in the end. Isaiah 55 says that God's ways are higher. I can't see the whole picture from my perspective, but God sees 
everything, every aspect, every thought, word, and intention behind all things are known to him. And he promises in Romans 8.28, that famous verse, and actually um, a very sweet, sweet lady, Karen, if you happen to listen to this, I have a plaque on my wall that is probably, oh gosh, um, probably about 40 years old, at least, that this very sweet lady, Karen, gave me after I told her that I liked it. She sent it home with my husband. He was doing some work on on her home. And I thank you, Karen. So I'm actually going to read you the plaque. It says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Now, the world will tell you, oh, everything will work out. But this is a promise to Christians, to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. God will work things out for his chosen people who show him that they love him and they trust him. It doesn't just work out for good for everybody, but for those who love him. How are you showing God that you love him? Are you showing him that you love him by honoring him with your choices in life? The time that you spend in your Bible. The time that you spend in prayer. I've been asking God to show me how to be less selfish lately. I was like the queen of selfishness in my sin. Oh my gosh, whatever I wanted to do, I did it. I didn't even think twice. And he's showing me areas of my life where I don't I I would never have considered it selfish before coming to Christ, but he is he's showing me I need to work on this over here and that over here and like my sleep is a big thing that I've always always I mean, treasured. That's half the reason I used to use drugs was so that I would get some sleep and some peace. And um, I told my husband that, you know, I need at least seven hours or my, my fruit of the spirit is not as sweet. And he laughed. And And it's kind of true, but now I'm seeing, you know, with a new baby that I'm not getting the sleep that I really, really need physically, but I... It's something that I need to work on. I can't let my lack of sleep cause my flesh to rear up. That's what Satan's counting on. So I'm in works. I'm in progress just like you. I don't have it all figured out, but God does. So when I have a question, I look to God. Or when I have a problem, I pray and ask him for help and clarity. And he answers. And the more I read my Bible, the more I see what he wants from me and what I'm called to do. The Christian walk is not easy and it's a constant battle for growth. It's a constant test of who you really are in Christ. When 
I hear people have said things about me or um, have made assumptions or judgments. It's it is it's hurtful and when we are hurt in our flesh as humans we just want to lash back out and hurt others but you've all heard that saying hurt people hurt people but that's not what christians are called to do if you hear that somebody is talking about you or somebody's hurting you and knowingly hurting you or knowingly speaking against you or just not being very kind or loving we're called to be kind and loving back. We are called to pray for those people and ask God to bless them with a close relationship and open eyes and open hearts and softer hearts. And it's it's not easy. That's not always my first reaction. My first reaction is, is usually like crying or or balling up my fists and going, Ooh. But then I have to take it back and remember that Jesus said, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And you have to remember, are these people that are doing and saying these things, are they walking closely with the Lord? Are they seeking Him and loving Him with all their heart, mind, soul, strength, every decision? In their lives. If the answer is no, then they know not what they do and they need your prayers. They need your mercy and forgiveness and, and compassion. God gave his life in mercy and forgiveness and compassion so that we would be able to do that for other people. That is what we are called to do if we are followers of Christ. So, I ask you today to please try and lay yourself aside and ask the Lord what it is that you are focused on that is hindering your walk with Him. Jesus loves you guys. He's given you victory over all of these things. He wants to show you how powerfully he can move in your life. God bless you guys. I love you. Thank you for listening all the way through. And praise God for giving me things day after day to speak into other people's lives. It is only by his mercy and compassion that I am alive today to speak of what he has done for me and how I navigate things with him. Have a very blessed day, you guys.